0: tonight's reading is taken from Mark chapter 5 verses 21 to 43 and it can be found on page 1007 in the church Bibles when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake a large crowd gathered round him while he was by the lake then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus he fell at his feet he pleaded with him earnestly While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talakakum, which means, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Sean. Um, Hello, good evening. My name is Jem. I'm the intern here. Now, luckily or sadly this evening, depending on your outlook, uh, I'm going to be talking to you a little bit. Jonathan has allowed me to speak uh, on Mark chapter 5. Actually, before I do, though, I just really felt this from the Lord as I was preparing. And it's only for one person, but that's okay. I kind of disqualified myself from public speaking for a long period of time, mainly because of fear. And actually, the first time that I preached here at midweek service, I actually had a panic attack. I think what I don't want you to go away thinking is that Jem's one of those really confident people who's okay standing in front of people, and you know I'm not one of those people, and, and I just want to, want to let you know that it's totally okay to be afraid of doing stuff, um, and actually if we wait until we're unafraid, we might be waiting forever to step out for God. Should we pray to start? Yeah, Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for who you are, Lord, and we pray that as we learn a little bit more about you and your nature... We might learn a little bit more about ourselves, Lord. Amen. So, yeah, we're looking at the book of Mark today. Um, and, well, according to Jonathan, this may be true, maybe not, but who knows. Uh, Mark is the um, nephew of Peter, the disciple. And uh, the book of Mark is basically an eyewitness account of Peter with Jesus, kind of. Written down. I love the start of it. In Mark 1 1, uh, it says the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. I like that it says the beginning. It suggests that beyond the timeline of the book, there'll still be good news about Jesus, which sounds good to me. Um, And specifically today, we're looking at Mark chapter 5. And in Mark chapter 5, it's Jesus raises a dead girl, as we know, and uh, heals a sick woman. Sounds like a pretty good day in the office to me. So this evening, I'm basically just going to track through that passage, if you like. And I'm also going to give you a few stories about times when I have seen God heal people. So before I did this, before I was an intern here, I was a geophysics student in London. Um, and I used to live in London Bridge, and I went to Unit Euston. Now, sometimes I took the bike, and sometimes I took the tube. On this particular day, I took the tube. And outside the station, at the end of my day, I see a couple walking towards me. And I'm walking towards them. And this may have happened to you before. I felt like the Lord wanted me to pray for the man of the couple. And as I'm walking towards them and they're walking towards me, all of this stuff goes through my head about why this is a bad idea. I think, oh, what if they don't like me? What if I say the wrong thing? What if, you know, they, I push them further away? And by the time that's happened, they've already walked past me. I'm sure you can all probably relate to that. Maybe that's all happened to you. It's definitely happened to me many times. Uh, there's also a lot of construction work that happens in London. And one day I was walking home to my flat from London Bridge Station. And there I saw a construction worker. Well, he was a security guard outside a construction area because it's London. and They have to make sure people don't do naughty things. And I said, God, make me brave. And I walked up to him. I asked him how he was. He said he had pain in his back because he kind of stands here all day for eight hours. And do do not need to be prophetic to know he might have pain in his back. And I asked if I could pray for him. And he was like, yeah, sure, you can pray for me. And I put a hand on him, I said, you know, in Jesus' name be healed. I just pray that you bless this man. I didn't see any healing in that that moment. Um, And I walked off and that that was it. And I think what's interesting about those stories is they actually happened exactly the same day. They happened right after each other and exactly the same time. And I think the point I'm trying to make is there aren't just some people that are amazing street evangelists and never get scared and always do it. And there aren't other people that are always scared. I think we're actually both people depending on the situation. And I think there's generally some kind of things that I've learned about praying for people on the street. I think, first of all, it's always his mission, it's not ours. (laughs) And we can always have good intentions, we can always show love, we can always show compassion. But it's up to him if we should pray for somebody, it's up to him if somebody gets healed. Now many times in London I took the tube, as you might imagine. And there was often times when I felt like God wanted me to pray for somebody. But I wasn't really brave enough to do it. And so I kind of prayed for them in my head. I'd be like, oh, Father, I just thank you for this person. I pray that you bless them. And I just pray that you find somebody else to pray for them today. <laughs> and I think I learned not to be clever with God. And actually, a better way of praying is, you know, Father, I'm sorry that I'm scared. I just pray that you make me brave today. And I just pray that you help me to love that person. And God is amazingly faithful when we're real and when we're honest with God. How honest are we with God this evening? And there's also, I think, something else about healing is that in Acts chapter 3, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, sorry. In Acts chapter 3, Peter uh, is walking to the temple courts, uh, and he's walking through this gate, it's called Beautiful, is the gate, and there's a beggar that's placed there every morning uh, to beg off people who are walking in. And this beggar asked Peter one morning, you know, Do you have any coin? And Peter says this amazing line. He says, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. You know, take up your mat and walk. It's one of the first miracles that we see the disciples doing. Now, what's interesting about that story is that Jesus would have walked past that every single day. He would have walked past that gate every single day. He would have seen that beggar. And we know from John 5 and we know from John 12 that Jesus only ever did things that the Lord told him to do. You only ever said words that the Lord told him to say. So if God had told Jesus to heal that man, he would have been healed, but he didn't. And so I guess the point I'm trying to make is that it's always his mission and not ours. And we have to ask before we pray for people. I remember the first time that I ever saw somebody got healed on the street. I used to live in Camden uh, in London. And every Sunday morning I went for a run around Primrose Hill and Regent's Park and this one particular morning, at the top of Primrose Hill, I see a guy with crutches, and he's got a cast on his kind of ankle. And at that time, I'd been reading a lot, and I'd been listening to a lot about kind of street evangelism and street pastors, and I was getting excited. And I'd heard about it before, but I'd never seen it happen in reality. And I asked God to make me brave, and I plucked enough courage to walk up to this guy Uh, a bit sweaty in my running kit, and I was like, oh, hello, good evening, Uh, how are you doing? And I was like, it's actually morning, but that's okay. I was nervous, it's fine. And I asked her how he was, and actually he was French, and I have a GCC in French, but as you know, that means nothing, so I didn't actually actually, uh, manage to speak to him. And so I asked around, and I was like, does anybody speak French here? And luckily there was a guy who happened to be at Primrose Hill at the time that spoke French and was able to translate. Um, and he was happy for me to pray for him so i was like okay can you ask him if it's okay for me to pray for his foot and he's like yes he says it's fine and so i put a hand on him um on his kind of cast and said, in jesus name be healed and i was like how is it and he was like it says it's better and i was like yes that's good i was like can i is it, is it totally healed and he was like no apparently it's not i was like so i asked to pray again i put a hand on i prayed again it got a little bit better and then i asked to pray a third time and on the third time that i prayed for this man It was totally healed. And he was walking around without his crutches. And he gave me a hug. (laughs) And he smiled at me. And he walked off without the crutches. And that image is in my mind. Every time I see somebody with crutches now, I'm like, oh my goodness, I believe. I've seen you do it before. I know that you can do it again. I think the main thing for me in that was actually that God wanted to use me. And I didn't have to be one of these super Christians that I'd read about online or seen or heard I could just be a normal Christian. I just had to be a believer and God would use me. It actually really affected me. I remember finding a place in Regent's Park where nobody else was and I remember just sitting down and just crying before him because I guess I disqualified myself because of insecurities that God would want to use me to heal people. And that kind of led on, if you like, for me to praying for more and more people. I kind of built in confidence. I built in confidence and I grew. And luckily at university, I got to be part of the tennis team and at the start of every year, in our tennis team, we used to hand out kit. Um, it was kind of with UCL on it, so when we are playing at universities, they know that we're UCL. Um, and I was handing out the kit on a Wednesday lunchtime. Every Wednesday afternoon, we play sport normally, in London, uh, London, London Unis. All Unis, I happen to be in London. Um, and a guy was walking towards me, normally he's supposed to be in kicks, we're about to go to training, but he's not. He's on the tennis team, and I'm handing out his kit, and I ask him how he is, because he's not in tennis kit, and he should be. And he says that he's hurt his knee, Um, playing football at the weekend. And I offered to pray for him. Now, the tennis team are quite blasé at this time because they'd been around me for a few years, so they knew I was going to, every time they were injured, I was going to offer to pray for them. So he was like, yeah, sure, you know, you go, you pray for me, it's fine. And I put a hand on him, and I say, in Jesus' name, be healed. And all the pain went in a moment, and he was completely, he went white as a sheet, He's completely freaked out. He's a PhD um, computer science student, uh, and he doesn't believe in Jesus. I mean, most Christians struggle sometimes to believe that Jesus heals, let alone, you know, (laughs) those guys and so he kind of sat down because he had to understand his whole life and think about God and stuff and then as somebody else was coming as somebody else was coming in, he wasn't in kit either and he hurt his shoulder obviously we serve a lot in tennis as you might imagine and he hurt his shoulder the other day in training and I asked if I can pray for him again he's blasé yeah fine you can pray Jem. you know this humor me I'm just the whack christian on the team that and I put a hand on him and he gets totally healed in a moment And then the other guy sitting down says, Jem, are you a saint? And I, I was like, no, I'm not a saint. I'm just a modern Christian. It's fine. I think that is sometimes our understanding, though. I think that is sometimes understanding that, you know, this is only for people that are really, really close to God or the only people that have been doing it for years. And that's so not true. You just have to believe and be willing and say yes. I think also at that time at university in a sports team, it took me years, this is actually my third year, of uni. that story, so it took me years to get to a place of having the confidence in that culture to fight it. Now actually in our story this evening, Jairus, he didn't, it didn't take him very long, uh, it didn't take him years necessarily to fight the culture of the day. We, we're told in verse 22 that he's a synagogue leader, and he would have been quite respected in that town, and Jesus is some random guy, I mean, we don't, he probably wouldn't know a huge amount about him. It actually says that he pleaded in verse 23. It's very strong language, that he pleaded with Jesus. He came up to him and was asking him to heal his daughter. And I think that's amazing faith from Jairus. Because for him, it's like the reality that God can heal his daughter is greater than the reality of his daughter dying. Because he could have come to Jesus and be like, okay, you're a a teacher, why is my daughter dying right now? I think that's an amazing perspective that he had. Now while at university, I did actually occasionally go to lectures, which is always a good idea if you're at university, go to your lectures, it's very expensive. <laughs> and during one of my lectures, they're normally about two hours, and we have like a five, ten minute break in the middle to go to the toilet, do whatever you like. And one lecture in the morning, it's a physics lecture, um, shout out to any physics students here, okay, none, that's fine, that uh, <laughs> I see the guy next to me and his wrist wrist has um, got a cast on it, or not really a cast, what would you call it, like a bandage, a support, whatever. And kind of the whole first hour of the lecture, I'm kind of plucking up the courage to be like, ask him if I can pray for him. And luckily, in the 10-minute break, um, he actually mentions that his wrist is hurting. <laughs> and I asked if I can pray for him. And actually, by this time, lots and lots of people in the lecture theatre are kind of looking around um, at this, because it doesn't happen very often. People don't pray for people in lecture theatres. During the ten-minute break, maybe people just go on their Instagram and look at their phone and go to toilets. So it's odd. <laughs> and I put my hand on him and I just said very simply, "In Jesus' name, be healed." And I asked him how it was, and he was like, "All the pain has gone." And he went, "White as a sheet." They always go white as a sheet. But they don't always, but you know, <laughs> most of them do. It's surprising. I understand. <laughs> and then actually, one of the other physics students asked me about healing. And like, how did that happen? What went on? And I ended up giving my testimony, which some of you may know, about being healed. And I ended up kind of preaching, if you like, to this lecture theater. It was, yeah, God made me brave in a moment. I can't imagine doing that right now. But, you know, he met me and I was grace in that point. And testimony is really, really powerful. And in our story, as Jesus is, I guess, walking now to Jairus' house to heal his daughter, um, he's noticed that power's left him and somebody's touched his cloak. And we know that this woman who's been bleeding for 12 years, uh, she shouldn't actually even be there. As we know, she should be outside the town because if you're bleeding in that culture, your class is unclean and so you shouldn't be where everybody else is. You need to be somewhere else. Um, And she touches the other cloak and she's totally healed in a moment. Again, for her, the reality that God could heal her was greater than reality of her illness. And I'm sure if you've had an illness for 12 years, it's pretty real to you. But she still believed, and she had the faith to reach out and believe that it was possible for her to be healed. Even after 12 years, every single day, having that, that is amazing faith. And Jesus, in verse 32, it says that he kept looking around to see who had touched him. See, for him, it was really, really important, not simply that just, he had to make sure that the woman now in the community was seen to be clean, but he wanted to give... Glory to God. He wanted to show the people that God had healed her and he wanted to raise people's faith. And so testimony is really, really important in healing, I think. Now I also um when at university I went to church occasionally, which was always a good idea if you're at university, go to church occasionally. And there was a 630 service I used to go to. And at this 630 service, at the end, most students knew you went to the pub. And I walk to this pub, and as I walk in, there's a man there with crutches. Now, what do I do every single time I see somebody with crutches? Now, I'm like a homie beacon, like, I believe they can get healed, and I get really excited. Um, He's wearing a suit. This is South Kensington. It's quite a nice area. He looks quite wealthy. He walks up to the bar. I walk up to the bar. Ask him how he is, how He's doing. And offered to pray for him and he's really really adamant that i'm not praying for him he is very very strong that christianity and religion is a load of rubbish and he doesn't want anything to do with it and i push quite hard I'm like mate it's going to take five seconds it's either you're going to be healed you're not going to be healed humor me please um and he still says no and i kind of i push way further than is probably socially acceptable i don't know what came over me but i felt so strongly that god was going to heal this man i don't know why sometimes that happens and you're just so convinced that Jesus is going to heal him. Maybe it's because I still have that picture in my head that I have faith for that now, you know, people with crutches. <laughs> um, and I put a hand on him. Always ask as well, I should probably say that. Always ask to put a hand on strangers before you pray for them. It's always a good rule. You may, well, you may already know that. I just. <laughs> and I say, in Jesus' name, be healed. I don't have to say too much. And nothing seems to happen in the moment. And he goes to the bar, I go to chat with, chat with my friends. And we're chatting for five minutes maybe, I don't know. And I get a tap on my shoulder and I turn around and it's the guy. He's white as a sheet again. And, and he says, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, all the pain in my, my leg is gone. It's like, what happened? And I ended up chatting to him for kind of 30 minutes or so, <laughs> which was interesting. He was a good, good man. And so in our story, as Jesus is kind of talking about this woman uh, and kind of giving that testimony, Some people come, as we know, from Jairus' house and say, Jairus, actually, your daughter has already died. And most of the people around are like, don't bother the teacher now, you know. Your daughter's dead, like, you can't do anything about it. And Jesus says something amazing. He says in verse 36, I think. (laughs) It says, do not be afraid, just believe. And I think sometimes our biggest fear is that nothing's gonna happen or God can't do it. Or that if I pushed you hard, I'll push them further away. And I think Jesus just says to us, don't be afraid. Just believe. I also re- used to ride the tube a lot in London, as you might imagine. And there was one time I was riding the tube. And I'm standing here, this is how you ride the tube. <laughs> and there was a guy to the left of me. He's sitting down. Now, most people on the tube don't want to be disturbed this guy definitely did not want to be disturbed his eyes were shut he had headphones in he was leaning back he's basically sleeping some you know most people don't want to be disturbed but this guy was the wrong person to be disturbed and i, I felt like jesus told me he had pain in his left knee and i was really annoyed at jesus i was like jesus of all the people on this tube this man does not want me to disturb him um i got, i asked god makes me brave and pretty much every time i ever ask god to make me brave he often makes me brave <laughs> which is fun but it you know has its hazards <laughs> And I walk up to this guy and I tap him on the shoulder, ask him to take his headphones out and ask him how he is. And he speaks Spanish. Now, obviously, as we know, language is not a barrier to God. God can heal anybody. But I actually back my Spanish more than I back my French, which was a bad idea. Between between school and uni, I spent four months kind of teaching English in a Spanish-speaking country. So I thought I was good enough at Spanish. But I'm talking to this guy, I'm trying to talk to this guy, trying to ask him if he's got pain in his knee, if he's okay, and can I pray for him. And the guy next to him is starting chuckling at me because he speaks fluent Spanish and fluent English. And he can obviously understand that we're not communicating very well. So he offers to translate. And by this time, everybody's looking around at me and this guy because this doesn't happen on the tube. I mean, nobody talks to people on the tube anyway. Nobody definitely doesn't talk, try to translate Spanish and English, and definitely doesn't try to pray for people. So it's a bad situation, if I'm honest. <laughs> this is what you do if, for God, asks you, if you may ask God to make you brave, you end up doing silly things. And he was like, "I'll translate." I was like, "Does he have pain in his knee?" And he was like, Shh. "He was like, no, he doesn't have pain in his knee." I was like, "Okay, great." It's like, "Can I pray for him?" I was like, "No, he doesn't want you to pray for him." I was like, "Okay." Can you tell him that Jesus loves him? <laughs> And it's like, Jesus loves him. It's like, okay. And then the whole crowd just, or the whole crowd, the whole um, carriage just started laughing at me. <laughs> I think basically the point I'm trying to make is that it's okay to be a fool for Christ. And I think we actually should kind of push being a fool for Christ. I'm not saying I've always done that. It's just a story when I have done that. And God's made me brave in a moment. In our story today, as Jesus, Jesus obviously, he believes that he can, God can heal the, the daughter and so he goes to the house, he goes to Jairus's house. And as he goes to Jairus' house, there's commotion, there's wailing, it says in verse thirty nine. And he says that the daughter is not dead, but she's asleep. And in verse forty it says that they all laugh at him. The world's people, most Christians, myself, we don't see <laughs> we don't see situations like God sees them. And we pray and we can pray and we can ask him to help us. And actually later he then goes into, just with John and just with Peter actually, he goes into the room and he says, daughter, get up. I say to you, get up. And because God can do anything, because nothing is impossible for Jesus, she immediately gets up and walks. It's amazing, it's an amazing story. It builds my faith. And I think often our biggest fear is that we will get laughed at. Our biggest fear is that we'll say the wrong thing. Our biggest fear is that we'll end up pushing people further away. Our biggest fear is that they won't get healed. And then it will make our faith lower and their faith lower. I think there's always an underlying truth about the gospel, though, that regardless of how small, how insignificant, or how bad our communication or presentation of it is, if we present it to God and we're real and we're honest with it, he'll always make it beautiful. And I don't know about you, but I know so many people who need healing. Maybe friends, maybe family, maybe yourself. And every time I walk down the street, I imagine that they're somebody's brother, they're somebody's sister, they're somebody's mother, they're somebody's daughter. And I don't know, maybe they've been praying, somebody at home has been praying for them for years. And wouldn't it be amazing if somebody you know you've been praying for, who isn't Christian, who does need healing, said that they met a Christian today. And they prayed for me. And I got healed and I met with Jesus. I think that would be amazing. We don't have to go far (laughs) to find someone who needs healing. We don't have to go far to find someone who needs love. We don't have to go far to find someone who needs Jesus. Would you guys stand with me?
0: Yeah, Father...
1: We thank you, Lord, that you're a God that heals and you're a God that loves. And we're sorry, Lord, that sometimes we're not brave enough and we do get scared and that's okay, Lord. We just ask that you meet us where we're at. Lord, and we ask your Holy Spirit to come right now. Holy Spirit, come.
2: I'm just going to keep quiet for a couple of minutes. If you're new here, Uh, We just want to be still, it's a chance for you to ask the Lord whatever you want to ask him and listen for him, in a moment we'll offer to pray for people but let's just be still and Lord we pray uh, as Jem's prayed that you would come by your spirit and increase your presence among us this evening. We would love to offer to pray for people for any reason, but particularly if there's something that you need healing for, we'd love to pray for you. Uh, Equally, we'd love to pray for those of you like me who would like more bravery. Uh, I found Jem's testimony very powerful of asking the Lord to make him brave and give him courage. And some of you may not need physical healing, but you would like the Lord to make you brave. And we'd love to pray for that. Uh, we'd love to pray for people to be better at hearing the nudges of the Spirit, uh, so you get a sense of who the Lord is asking you to talk to or to offer to pray for. We'd love to pray for you to hear His voice. Uh, none of this is our strength. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's His Spirit. And because He's the Lord, uh, phrases we were praying earlier was expect the unexpected. If God is here then something unusual may well happen. Uh, And we are uh, to have faith and trust in Jesus. Uh, So we'd love to offer folks to pray. I wonder, just Ross, if um, uh, the band, if you just pray instrumentally, just gently. But if you like prayer for any reason, what we're going to do is invite you to come and stand around the front. Members of the prayer team will come out and stand with you. They'll ask if they can put a hand on your shoulder. Always good to ask, as Jim said. And you could just say what it's for. I'd like prayer for my knee or my ears, my hearing, my sight. For, or I, know I want courage. I'd like to be more brave or I'd love to learn to hear God's voice more. Uh, for any of those reasons, if you'd like us to pray for you, we're going to sing in a moment, but if you'd like to pray, for us to pray for you, then just come and stand at the front and if prayer team would come out with you, that would be really good. and stand up there's lots of us I think loads of us need boldness and courage and lots of us have probably got things we'd like someone to pray for so come front left front right if we have lots of prayer team just come and offer if we can men with men women with women just offer to lay a hand on their shoulder and pray Uh, if that's not you and you you're just here this evening would you pray for all these people in a moment we're going to join in singing to God together as the praying goes on